Hello, hello, everybody. We are midway through March. It is Friday at 12 p.m. Central Time, which means it is time for the Friday 15. I am Steph Lee. I am hosting by myself, sadly, this week, um, but the Friday 15. And this is where we answer your industry questions. So we get a lot of questions that come into host agency reviews. Um, and then we just put them together in podcast and video form so people can take a look at them and hopefully it can help you out. If you have questions, you can go to hostagencyreviews.com slash Friday15 and submit your questions there for a future episode. So let's get started. What do we have today? We got a couple questions. Oh, actually, you know, the first thing I want to bring up is we're doing something new and exciting, which is we are, um, if you like the Friday 15 but have trouble remembering um, that it's actually happening and want to make sure to keep abreast of it. You can go ahead and sign up for the Friday 15. Um, if you go to hostagencyreviews.com slash Friday 15, it will sign you up for email reminders. So you'll get a little reminder a little bit before it starts that the Friday 15 will be going live. So you can click on over and check it out on video form. Uh, let's see. So now that I got that out of the way, our first question is from Sulan. So Sulan asks, I need to find some sort of a lead generator. Do you have any sort of ideas? Um, so in, a, in another email, Sulan and I had been going back and forth, but um, she ended up going with a host agency. And so my lead generation is a little bit tricky because there's, there's a couple things, key things you want to ask about lead generation when you're looking for it. One is who the lead belongs to. Um, you know, if you're getting it from somewhere, does that mean that that company you're getting it from keeps the lead, which means that if you, um, you know, end up parting ways with that company, do you get to keep the leads or do they get to keep them? Because the challenge is if they keep them, you've just lost, a, if you were heavily reliant on those leads, you've just lost a chunk of your business. So that's something to be aware of. Um, the other thing is checking out if there's a different commission structure, if it's through a host agency. Um you'll want to know, is the commission structure different at all? Is it a lower commission if the leads are coming through them? So those are two big questions. And you can actually get answers from that on, um, let me share my screen. So if you visit the, the website and you go to any of the host agencies pages, so we'll go to the first one that's here, under the company details in this kind of metadata section, you'll be able to see that um, if they have a lead program right here, and then it'll either say yes or no. And then it'll also have details on if the lead belongs to you or not, or if it belongs to the agency. So that's something to check out. Um, let me go ahead and turn that off. Let's see if there's anything else. So um, host agencies will sometimes have lead programs. Uh, the next level up, the consortia. And if you're not familiar with what a consortium is, I'll put a link in the comments that kind of explains what the consortia is because they play a different role in the ecosystem than host agencies. But the consortia will often have leads. All of the major consortia that are out there have leads on their um, leads on their site uh, that you can sign up for. So the the other place where you can get leads is through suppliers. So if you go ahead and take like let's say you wanted to specialize in river cruising or cruises. Um, or land tours, if you find a particular vendor that you really, really like and take their trainings, oftentimes they'll have the ability for you to sign up for leads programs. So if they're getting, um, they'll have a list of um, recommended travel advisors on their site and you can get listed on there. So those are some great ways to 
great places to look for lead generation. And then Sulan, I want to show you one more thing. So I'm going to reshare my screen. And for those of you that are listening, all I'm doing is going to hostagencyreviews.com and I'm typing in travel leads and that will up in the search bar on the top and that pulls up our article on travel leads. So this talks about what you can expect from it, things to ask about it. Um, and we also go ahead and send out a survey every year to host agencies and ask them about their leads program so that we make sure that they're updated. So as I'm scrolling through here, um, you can see here's a travel leads comparison chart we have. So everybody that filled out this form for us, we've added into this embed. So you can get information on their leads program, um, the commission splits, and the average monthly leads per advisor that a person can expect to get from them. So this is a great resource for you to check out. And if you happen to be a host agency listening to this and you want to make sure that you're on that leads comparison chart, um, definitely reach out to us at hello at hostagencyreviews.com and we can make sure to get you in there. It's a win-win for everybody. So Sulan, hopefully that answers your questions about leads and gives you a little bit more to think about. And let's see, our next question is coming in from Jeanette. Um, so Jeanette says, these challenges have been so helpful. I'm building my business plan now and the template and article with it is just so easy to do that. Um, and what Jeanette's talking about is she's doing the seven day setup right now and we have a business plan template. Um, that's not only the template, but we walk you through how to fill out each section and give you examples. Now, here comes the big question. So I, I do have a big question. I chose um, blank as my host agency, and I asked if I had to have a business license, and they said I could work under theirs. I still feel I need to do my own business license for tax purposes, I think, but I'm not sure. Would you happen to know if I need to require acquire a license through my state? Thanks so much again, Jeanette. Well, first thing, Jeanette, I'm so glad that the business plan was a breeze for you. That is definitely our goal. And I will put a link in the comments to our um, business plan article if anyone else is struggling with that. It's incredibly helpful. Um, but let's see. So the it, it's a little bit hard um, because a, a business license usually isn't required for a travel agency, maybe on like a random state or citywide um, level, there might be some business licenses out there for travel agencies. But overall, like there's no federal business license to become a travel advisor. But I think when you talk to your host and they said that you could go underneath their business license, I think what they were probably referring to was the seller of travel license. Um, and the host that you had mentioned that you went with, they're based out of Florida. And um, so I'm guessing what they're saying is with their Florida seller of travel license, um, they're able to put ICs underneath their license, and that's what they're talking about. So let me share with you, and again, I'm just going to share my screen, and I'm going to um, look up our seller of travel. Um, so I'm just typing in the search box, travel agency license, and that will pull up our article that goes over the seller of travel laws. So you can take a look at this, but you, um, I mean, oops, hello, Orion's back. Didn't we all miss him? Those of you that are listening in, you're missing a really cute puppy that just jumped up for some love. Um, all right, so the seller of travel um, licensing laws, 
you can definitely go underneath your host agencies for that. And for tax purposes, um, the, the business license is separate from that. And so I wouldn't worry about that. But if you want to check in on the state level, um, what I would do is contact, I'm not sure which state you're in, but I would go ahead and contact your secretary of state's office and they'll be able to talk with you more about any licensing requirements. And if you wanted to be double, triple, super, super sure, you could go on the citywide level too. And if your chamber of commerce, your local chamber of commerce, they would be able to let you know if there's any licensing requirements for you on that end. So I hope that helps you out. Um, and yeah, Jeanette, good luck going through the challenge and reach out if you have any other questions. Let's see. Um, oh, and I'm going to put the link to the seller of travel article that I'm showing uh, in the comments too, if um, or in the show notes, if anyone's interested. And our last question for today is, this is kind of a fun one because usually they're questions from travel advisors, but this was an interesting one that came in that I thought would be worth worth sharing with everyone because we obviously a lot of people that visit the site are travel advisors, but sometimes we get, and it it's not super frequent, but it's frequent enough um, that it's notable. We get clients that write in that are working with travel advisors and somehow find our articles and then want some advice. So this one is from Vicki. And Vicki says, hi, Stephanie, I am not a travel agent, but I hope you don't mind asking if anyone has encountered this situation. I've been searching online for some guidance for over a week and just found Mary Stein's article, Taking the Plunge, A Travel Agent's Guide to Charging Fees, which is why I thought maybe somebody there has possibly seen this situation over the past two years. I've been working with a travel agent that I've had a great relationship with. She does not charge any fees. After replying after not replying to any of my questions about an upcoming river cruise, she finally called to tell me that she did not get paid her commission from the cruise line because we used vouchers from a canceled cruise from March of 2020 and that we would have to pay that commission to her. Nothing has been normal in the travel industry since COVID started, but I'm wondering if asking for a lot of money after the effect is a after the fact is appropriate, acceptable, acceptable, or the quote unquote new normal. So thanks for any insight you might have. And when I read this, I was like, oh, that's kind of crazy. Um, you know, with river cruising offering so much commission, you know, we're looking at 18 or 20% commission um, and asking the client to pay that retroactively seems very odd to me. I would actually love to hear what your thoughts are as travel advisors when you heard this story. So if you can, you know, if you're listening to this and have some thoughts on if this is a yes or a no or what in the world is happening, um, or if you've had experience with this, go ahead and email me. I'm at Stephanie, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E at hostagencyreviews.com. And let me know your thoughts. And um, next week, if we get some answers in, I'll share those um, from the listeners. But you know, my initial gut reaction, and I ended up jumping on the phone with Vicky to get a, more details because the last thing we want to do at Host Agency Reviews is not hear the other side or misunderstand it and give bad advice. So with Vicky's situation, um, she was on a month-long cruise in um, Australia and New Zealand when everything started closing down and then she got flown home by, I think it was Viking. But... Um, she, yeah, I mean, essentially what happened was she she rebooked using the vouchers and then she actually booked direct with Viking. And then she she booked for direct with Viking and then she went through the trouble to have it transferred over to the travel advisor because she wanted to make sure the travel agent got credit on that and that 
the travel advisor um, would get commission on it. But what happened was then the travel advisor, um, you know, got back to them and said, I, you know, you either need to pay me this commission or um, I, I'm not making any money. And so I explained to Vicki um, that it was just the travel industry. It's been terrible for travel agents because we're very different than, say, the restaurant industry where, yes, they struggled and were hit really hard, but they at least weren't working. Um, you know, they weren't still making food and doing things and having to pay staff salaries. Um, you know, they at least were able to shut down with travel advisors. They're not getting paid anything and they keep having to rebook these people. So I did explain that to Vicki um, and let her know that this, in my experience, has is not the norm. This is not something travel advisors are doing. And please feel free to write in if this is something different than what you're experiencing. But, um, you know, the nice thing was after talking with Vicki is she's still open to using a travel advisor, even though she had this kind of odd experience. Um so, so that was really great to hear. But the, um, again, would love to hear your thoughts on this situation, um, like your gut reaction, or if you've run across this or thought about this, or if you've thought of a creative way to talk to clients about these situations where they're they're using vouchers, but you're not getting paid for it and how you can compensate yourself for these situations. So I think that about wraps that up for this week. Um we will be back next Friday at 12 p.m. Central Time, same place, either on your favorite podcast platform or you can check us out on YouTube. And just a reminder, go to hostagencyreviews.com slash Friday15 and you can go ahead and sign up for email reminders uh, so that you can tune in live and ask any questions on the YouTube channel. So have a wonderful weekend, everyone, and we will talk with you soon.